Welcome to Unlawyerly, where we talk about life, the pursuit of happiness, and some law. This is Ramin. It's time to get unlawyerly. Welcome to Season 3 of Unlawyerly. For those of you who have been listening to the other seasons, you may know that each season I try to come up with a different topic, a unique topic. And the way that I let these topics come is exactly that. I let them come to me uh, through either often when I'm at the gym and I'm thinking about something or something's inside of me just keeps building and building. Or with this current one, it was more due to a response that I had received. At the time of this recording, uh, the school system where we live has already started. So uh, three out of my four kids is in fact in school right now. And this conversation itself has started with a post that I had done not too long ago about a conversation that I had with my son. And my son right now, he's 10 years old, uh, and he's at that age where these types, what I'm calling season three, critical conversations with your kids, is important. But the fact of the matter is that I didn't just begin the conversation at this particular point in time, i.e., that he's 10 years old. It's been a series of conversations that I've had with him and also with his siblings who are younger than him. And so for this introduction, I thought that it would make sense that by introducing the topic and the critical conversations that I had recently but I've had with them has relates to you know, really important things, especially me being from a Muslim background, a faith background, tying in aspects of our deen to conversations surrounding alcohol, opioids, marijuana, um, other pharmaceutical drugs, uh, cigarette smoking even, sex, going into middle school, high school, the periods where a lot of these things often will happen, but we can't be naive and we can't be too... um, nearsighted that we lose sight of the fact that we were once their age. A lot of you who are listening to this are Gen Z, millennials, uh, people who either have kids or are going to expect to have kids, uh, or maybe just be an area of interest. But we can't be naive of the fact that we were in their position. And even though, yes, times to change, technology changes, a lot of the core aspects of what our children are going to face are the same things that we ourselves have faced. So with this introduction topic, uh, I wanted to just talk about some overarching themes when we are having these critical conversations with our kids. And especially for, for me, it's always been keeping dunya, this world within our deen, within our religion. Okay, so it's not necessarily how can our religion fit into the world, but how can the world fit into the aspects of our religion and navigating from that standpoint. One of the first important things is that you have to understand this is not a one-size-fits-all. Each parent, each parent figure knows his or her own child or child figure. And so the things that I talk about has worked for me, may not for you, and it's going to change based upon your children's age, maturity level, um, sex, male or female, uh, it's going to vary on a lot of those things. So it's not a one-size-fits-all by any means. 
and the conversation itself is not a one conversation. There are a series of conversations. There are continuing conversations, conversations that start from hopefully an early age, but will continue into the uh, pre-adolescent periods, the adolescent periods, and also um, into the you know post-adolescent, even in their 20s. Look, at the end of the day, when you're a parent, you're going to be a parent uh, until your last breath, and you're going to try to be an advisor and guidance. And I will also caveat this, and this is the lawyer side of me, by, any, by no means I'm not an expert, I'm not a psychologist, I'm not a doctor in this field. Uh, look, at the end of the day, I am a parent myself. Uh, as a lawyer, I do look at things from the angle of how can we protect our children uh, from a legal standpoint when they are in situations that they need it. Uh, but at the end of the day, I'm, I'm a parent myself. Um, and so I say conversations need to happen. And the conversations need to change from parent to a friend, perhaps back to a parent. So it's not always that you're gonna be looking at it that, hey, I'm talking to you, to my child, as a dad or as a mom or one of those figures. Uh, you often have to change it in the sense that you're also coming in as a friend. If you're expecting that you're always going to be talking to them as a parent and you're always giving rules and you're always giving boundaries, which is good, children do need boundaries, they do need rules, um, but also being able to move within those freely, and then you, you tell them, well, don't do drugs, don't drink alcohol, or don't do X, Y, and Z, they're not gonna care. They may a little bit, but they're not gonna care. They're most likely gonna listen to their friends. And so for me, it's always been a balancing act. When do I talk to them as a friend? And when do I talk to them as a parent? And, and that in itself goes to with the idea that you need to give them enough to be able to digest. So if they're younger, they're not gonna be mature enough to be able to have more in-depth conversations. In my viewpoint, since I have been trained as a lawyer and I do think as a lawyer, I look at things from a very logistical standpoint, from an analytical standpoint, um, as far as what the series of events or conversations should, should uh, take place, but I know for a fact my children don't think that way. You know, my son, I, I feel like he's being trained like a lawyer because of the way that I think, but I also know that his maturity level is different from mine, is different from my daughters who are much younger than him. And so when I have these conversations, I give enough to be able to allow them to digest it, to be able to ask questions, and also taking into um, uh, account where they are at a maturity standpoint, and that goes for the very first one, there's no one size fits all. Ultimately, these are a series of relationship building exercises. Just like with your partner, if you're, if you're married, with your spouse, with your parents, with your children, with your friends, with your coworkers, over time it's a series of relationship building. And the ultimate end goal is trust. Can you trust your children? And alternatively, and more importantly, can your children trust you? That they can come to speak to you when it counts. There are gonna be plenty of those times. And if they're too afraid to come to speak to us as, as their children, you know, as their parents, then they're gonna go speak with somebody else or they may not speak with anybody and not be able to seek counsel or guidance. Um, so we have to let them know that regardless of what happens, they need to be able to speak with us without fear of punishment. And of course, everything has consequences, and I, I, <laughs> I sure let my kids know actions have consequences, whether it's with your parents, teachers, friends, wherever you are in life, there will be consequences. And just like with my own faith, 
even though my relationship and view of God has turned into a different viewpoint where I do see God as all loving, uh, merciful, uh, he wants the best for us. We're also told, it's not like he's hiding the ball in the Quran, that there is a reward and punishment to it, things. There are consequences, but you have the choice to be able to make it. I'm not too big on reward and um, punishment for, for children, but I realize that that is a paradigm that ultimately it works. I know people have different viewpoints about getting things done, but this is just something that has worked. And even though I try to get away from it sometimes, I always revert back to it. But ultimately, it's a series of building trust. And one of the things that my wife and I, a while back, we were talking about parenting and, and over a series of events, we said that, I think this was something that she had read uh, herself, but we gave my son a card that basically says, uh, and it's not verbatim, but the card is to be given to a parent at a point in time where something maybe catastrophic, something um, has happened where they're in trouble. Maybe not be catastrophic, but for their, at their age it might be. And they give you the card and it says, look, I'm in trouble, I need help, uh, and you promise you were not going to judge me. And again, it's not verbatim, I have to see what the card said, but the card is basically a get-out-of-jail-free card, where they give it to you as a parent, and it triggers in the parent that, hey, yes, I did give this to them, let me just hear them out, see what's going on, rather than getting into the, well, you're in trouble, you're grounded, or whatever the case may be. Again. We're trying to build trust with our children so that they can ultimately come speak to us, especially at the moments of time that it does count. And you have to understand, as parents, even though we are here to advise, we are here to act more as guides than anything else, we should also realize that at the end of the day, we should play with our children. We should have fun with them. We should. It shouldn't always be a lecture or let me teach you a lesson um, or anything like that. And again, look, I'm not telling you how to parent. I'm just telling you that the things that I wish I had when I was growing up and the things that I'm trying to implement with our kids and Asya is as well, it's more of, hey, yes, I am here to guide you. I am here to give you counsel, but I'm also here to play with you. I'm also here to have fun with you. I'm also here to be on this journey with you so that I can grow with you and myself grow. And look, as much as we think that our kids are going to learn from us, we learn a lot from our children. So how can you expect them to listen to you later if you aren't doing it now, if you aren't making time for them now? And I understand, and that's Dua, a uh, cat who just meowed, I do understand that we do have busy lives, busy schedules, but at the end of the day, that shouldn't take away from our kids and making time for our kids. And I've made certain life changes, life choices to be able to give more time, give me more time with my kids. Not saying that everybody has to do that or can do that, but by the grace of uh, by God and planning, I was able to. But it ultimately came down to how much time am I able to make for them. And we have to all have 24 hours in a day. We can make some time for our kids to just have fun with them, play with them, and build on that uh, uh, relationship building. So the way to approach these conversations, just kind of segueing into the next episode, first, start with them early. And when we start with them early, it's more related to safety. So for example, there was a big opioid scare and kids were and schools were being given Smarties that were in fact fentanyl. And these kids were overdosing. 
so the first conversation that I had was from a standpoint of I'm a parent, I care about your safety, and if you do get candy from your friends or from anyone, you have to give it to us as the parents first to be able to look at it. Even for those who do trick-or-treating, we don't let any of our kids eat any of the candy until we have inspected it. Fortunately, there are sick people out there. So more the conversations approach from a standpoint of safety at the very beginning, and then it evolves into the more um, uh, logical conversations, I would say. If you have multiple kids, it may be better to have some conversations together and some of them alone. The last conversation I had with my son, it was just me and him. And it, it took a more in-depth conversation as far as where it went, more so than I could have had if my daughters were there because they may not have fully understood the extent of our conversation. And when you're having these conversations, what I found is that it helps to do something while you're having conversation. Now, I don't mean multitasking. I'm not saying be in the middle of your work and then having these conversations. Go for a walk. Go for a drive. My son and I, we, we went out to run some errands and then we ended up getting some food and uh, just having a conversation. And it was fruitful because it was us giving each other our full attentions listening to each other. It wasn't me lecturing him, but more sharing certain things that I knew. Uh, and that topic of conversation really did go into the full gamut. We went into alcohol, we went into drugs, um, pharmaceuticals, opioids, uh, sex. We, we really discussed a lot in that one conversation. But I was also willing to, you know, give him my full attention and it helped to be able to share some of my experiences. Now, I didn't give him all of my experiences, but what I did do was try to weave in certain reasons why I stayed away from things or why I looked at it. And I'll go a little bit more in depth into the other episodes related to the various topics, but it did help that when we were having a conversation rather than me lecturing, it opened up for questions, it opened up for shared experiences, and I think it ultimately created a truly um, bonding experience. Now, I will end this first introductory episode with this. Uh, some conversations work, some of them won't, especially with our kids. Sometimes you'll have you know, 100% success rate. Other times you may feel like it's only 25 or 50%. But the fact of the matter is that our kids do listen. We may think that they don't listen, but they're very... Um, they're very resilient when it comes to that, that they know more than they let on. And even though you may think it's going in one year and out the other, you will see that they ultimately do care about what you say. And especially when you are coming at it from the standpoint of, I care about you, I love you, I'm here to be a guide. Uh, obviously, I'm here to be a parent as well, uh, but that's very multifaceted. And I think once we start having some of these conversations down the road, it will, God willing, be easier to really tackle on other issues or it may help to avoid you know, them getting involved in things that are not good for them. Ultimately, it's going to be their journey as well. They will make mistakes like we did and we have to be willing to uh, not only forgive them but understand that we need to have mercy on them the way that God has mercy on us and that it's part of their life journey. And as parents, we have to be there beside them to help them to guide them, to love them, and ultimately know that we were once in their path and we had to make certain choices just like they will uh, and just pray that they ultimately come back into 
Sirat uh, al-Mustaqim, the straight path, and, uh, and the path of, of Deen uh, for those followers who are uh, faith-based, Muslim-based, uh, people of the book, etc. Okay, look forward to the next episode, which will get a little bit more in depth into these topics. Talk next time. As always, I appreciate you and thank you for listening to Unlawyerly. My name is Reem Muhammad. You can catch me on Instagram at Unlawyerly with Ramin, unlawyerly.com on our website. Of course, please feel free to subscribe to our YouTube. That's it for today. My name is Ramin again, and it's been Unlawyerly. Thank you.